When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alongside Ed Egros and Aaron Hawksworth, Chris Mack in for Joe Ostrowski today, tomorrow, Monday as well here on BetQL Daily, live coast to coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app. It's free. Download it today and take us with you wherever you're going, whatever you're up to, especially the holiday season. You want to take BetQL with you as you're uh, going over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house. Um, I mean, if, unless Jane Fonda's your grandma, on which hopefully case isn't hanging out very with much my Jones, Chris. <laughs> you don't want to walk <laughs> in on that. Oh God! No, oh. no. I actually, I actually wow. had uh, a school chum once who did that. Like walked in on the grandparents, and oh, I don't know what he's up to. <laughs> yeah, I'm dead serious. He's in counseling. Dead That's serious. what he's up to. That yeah, this was like tra- 20 some odd traumatic. years ago, still in He's therapy. Still working that out. Yeah, yeah still working that one right. out. He's just permanently on the therapist's couch. I'm happy <laughs> Take for us with hands. you. Justin. <laughs> you're headed to Grammy and Pat Pat House. <laughs> Inside your Odyssey app. And of course, you can watch us on twitch.tv slash betql and on YouTube. Go to the Odyssey Sports channel. Um, let's talk Survivor this week because I don't know your survivor pick may be right there in front of you tonight with the Cowboys against the Seahawks there are some big spreads out there this week another nine and a half on the Dolphins in Washington against the Commanders you got the Jags laying eight and a half against the Bengals the most bet in uh Joe O's survivor poll Steelers Bucks Texans right now um split between the chargers and jags as well not a lot of cowboys dolphins or chiefs though um so let's talk survivor ed um what are you looking at i know we mentioned dolphins earlier that came up at one point can't remember if our conversation was on the air or off that's my survivor play this week is miami laying the nine and a half at washington joe osborne just brought it up from covers.com that offense really clicking really humming going up against that defense eesh um, at the very least, we'll see the scoreboard lit up, and I think that favors Miami. How do you still have Miami available uh, if you've gotten this far? That's probably my question here. Like, Miami has been a massive favorite in several games up to this point uh, where they were almost a free space. So uh, kudos to you to yeah. have them, A, being you know here this long, that's impressive. But then also having Miami available, definitely that would be a fantastic pick if that's available to you. Uh, I had taken the Dolphins a long time ago, so uh, that's not an option for me. And really, a lot of these favorites, we're talking about have been teams I've already chosen in some way, shape, or form. So a lot of these spreads really aren't indicative when it comes to what I can do here in week 13. Now, the way that I built my model uh, for the newcomers here is that I do have circa rules where I make a pick for the Thanksgiving slate of games and for the Christmas slate of games. And so for the most part, even with some of these favorites, I'm not taking them just because 
I might need them for, say, the Christmas slate, something like that. So that would nullify, say, the Kansas City Chiefs, who are six-point favorites against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you know, I think the Ravens, uh, you know, that's another team that I've, I've sort of waited upon in terms of when to take them just so I have a backup plan. Uh, but as far as this week is concerned, already took the Cowboys, the Jaguars have already taken, so I'm kind of running out of options here. But for this week, it's an oldie but goodie survivor process. I am backing the Steelers this week against the Arizona Cardinals. I know that's kind of what we looked at in terms of early Survivor Week games where whomever Arizona's playing, you take them and you feel good about it. Well, now I think we can return to this process because there's no good reason for the Cardinals to have been blasted by the LA Rams. None. There was no reason that should have happened. So, A, I have some concerns about what the Cardinals are looking like going forward. And not only that, but... The Cardinals all season long, they've just been bereft of talent at a lot of key spots. And over the course of a season, you're going to see that more and more. Kyler Murray, love the guy. I think he can be a top 10 quarterback in the league. He has nobody to throw to, doesn't have the protection, any of those things. And so Steelers should be in good shape there. And also, too, Pat Fryermuth is healthy now. Like, I think we forget yeah. that the problems that he experienced earlier in the year, like now he's starting to come to his own. And now he's in an offensive structure that I think is more tailor-made to his overall talent. And I think Kenny Pickett needs that safety valve. And now that he has it, I think this offense can hum a little bit more. And so you add up all of those options. Yeah, I can understand the Bucks, but without Frank Reich, it's possible that he may have been the problem. So there's too much variance there. But I think the Steelers would make a good play here, Aaron. Yeah, I like it. And this per the athletic, Arizona gives up the second most points per, per game and is the only team in the top five in both passing and rushing touchdowns allowed. <laughs> Plus, mm -hmm. a narrative I cannot wait to ask. Chris Mack about the shackles are off. Matt Canada is gone. I mean, this Steelers offense is unleashed now, Chris. Sure. Uh, 16 points against the Bengals. It's, it's humming. No, I, I do think there are reasons for optimism. You know, Ed brought up the return of Pat Fryermuth, which is huge for them utilizing the middle of the field, as you saw against Cincinnati this past Sunday and giving Kenny Pickett that safety valve, that security blanket that he needs. When he feels like he needs to check it down, Fryermuth's going to be there more often than not. Um, I, I do think the other thing that's kind of flying under the radar for what's worked for the Steelers' offense, even in the last couple of weeks before Matt Canada was fired, is the run game. Jalen Warren is legitimately pushing Najee Harris for playing time. Najee Harris responds down in Cincinnati and has a 99-yard day on the ground. The offensive line is doing a, a slightly better job of protecting Kenny Pickett, but is absolutely doing a better job in the run game. They've focused on more inside gap-blocking schemes, opening things up and allowing Najee Harris to run downhill rather than some of that outside zone running that they were doing earlier in the year. Um, it, it's all coming together for them, the 400-yard day for the first time and how long against Cincinnati this past weekend, too. And it sets up, look at the two opponents you have coming up, Arizona, New England. Then you've got a trip to Indy. They've got a chance here to really get the ball rolling downhill. 
I like the Steelers. I think it's a great play as a survivor pick this week because I think the ball will continue to roll downhill. The only things that give me pause or give me caution as it relates to the Steelers hosting the Cardinals is what they like to call here in Western Pennsylvania the Tomlin Special. Mike Tomlin has at least one game every year where his team goes out, looks unprepared, and plays down to the level of competition. That happens sometimes for every team. I don't think it's unique to Mike Tomlin. Um, I think there's a question about Kyler Murray getting his sea legs under him, knocking some rust off, James Conner coming back to Pittsburgh, a kid from Erie who went to Pitt, played for the Steelers for a couple of years, maybe wants to prove some things, but that's about all I have. I mean, there's not, as Ed pointed out here, a lot to go on with the Cardinals um, and the Steelers laying five and a half, that's an interesting number given their lack of ability to generate offense. I don't know if they win by six or more. That would that might feel uncomfortable for a lot of teams to only win by three or four against Arizona. But given the Steelers' offense and the way they play defense, that may just be the way. It goes. This might be another 16 to 10 kind of game, 16 to 13 kind of game where despite the low score, the Steelers are in control for the bulk of, of the day, Ed. And, and that's what I think this – the Steelers can score 16 points again this week, and I think people, mm-hmm. given how they get to 16 points, could still feel all right about it because it's another baby step in the right direction. The The more important thing when it comes to analyzing what the Steelers look like this past Sunday is the yardage, the EPA per play, all those advanced metrics, the 16 points. I wouldn't worry too much about that because if you may be having red zone troubles, well, guess what? Everybody's having red zone troubles. So it's not exactly like you should be expecting, you know, hanging 40 just because you have 400 plus yards. Like, I think that's uh, not exactly realistic. But when it comes to what to expect from the Steelers going forward, I get that it is a dangerous exercise to play with small sample size. Like, okay, well, Pat Fryermuth is healthy now. Matt Canada is out. He should have been out a long time ago. What was the holdup? Why did it take so long? And yes, this is a different offense, but you have to factor in the fact that it's not going to change all that much. Personnel can be healthier, and that's fantastic. But just because you have a switch at offensive coordinator and play caller doesn't necessarily mean that you are having an overhaul. You're pretty much stuck with what you have, and that matters a great deal. And I'm curious too, Chris, your opinion on, say, like a Deontay Johnson. He really hasn't hit his stride over the last few games, but it does seem like if the Steelers are going to be a legit contender to win the division, maybe make a little bit of a run in the playoffs, doesn't he need to be performing a little bit better than he has over the last few games? I mean, he's certainly got to be more engaged than he was on that fumble that he just stood there and watched, right? You are uh, I mean, kidding. <laughs> the, the problem with, with Deontay Johnson is that – He's he's playing the position of, of wide receiver one in this offense, right? Despite the fact that everybody, including the guys who are now running the offense, understand that George Pickens should be the f- focus in the pass game. If you're looking to really eat up chunks of yardage, if you're looking to play it safe, check it down, look for that security blanket, uh, as I referenced Pat Fryermuth earlier, Fryermuth is going to eat up those targets. Fryermuth coming back and being as effective as he was is not a good thing for the for for Deontay Johnson numbers. So 
the other thing, like I said, is that they're leaning into the run game. They're going to they're, they're gonna run more 13 personnel. They've talked about it all week that they like getting three tight ends out there together because all three tight ends can catch the ball, and at least one or two of them can block. They've got the kid from Georgia, Darnell Washington, who acts like an extra tackle at times. So I, I, I do think that it's, it, it's not good for Deontay Johnson numbers, I don't think that Pat Fryermuth is back and is again connecting on that level with uh, with Kenny Pickett as that sort of security blanket. So as we look at other survivor options, Jags laying eight and a half against those same Bengals that we just got done talking about, gave up 400 yards of offense to the Steelers last week, Aaron. Um, wh- where do you, is that a viable option for you, Jacksonville against the Cincinnati team that Kind of feels like they've they've cashed out to a certain extent now that Joe Burrow is done for the year. Exactly. Doesn't it seem like they're almost like a non-factor moving forward without Joe Burrow? If you still have the Jags available and you've made it this far and haven't used them, they're more than a touchdown favorite. And I think... You know, the defense has been a season-long problem for the Bengals on top of the fact the quarterback is out for the rest of the season. There's just a lot of problems with this Bengals team. I think they're done. Put a fork in them. And I think the Jags are definitely a safe play here on Monday Night Football. Yeah, there's that's if if you've worked through a lot of these other options in Survivor and you're still alive and you're looking for one that makes sense, Jacksonville, I definitely think, is a play. Um, we like to take a look at different stat leader opportunities as well, Ed, and I know you've crunched the numbers. You're excellent at that. So what do you like in week 13? So I actually want to start with a question for Aaron here because she brought up one that I really, really love and I'm about ready to pull the trigger and tail it. I just have one question here. And it was this notion about Stefan Diggs finishing as the league leader in receiving touchdowns. Josh Allen is the favorite for finishing the, the season with passing touchdowns, passing. As the, with having mm-hmm. the most passing touchdowns. So that does seem to be a discrepancy, right? Like Stefan Diggs, wide receiver one, not the favorite, but you're getting some good hashtag value, but Josh Allen is the favorite. And so one thing that I looked at is, okay, why is there this discrepancy? Is it possible that as they start to evolve to two tight end personnel, that maybe it's distributing the football just a little bit more and relying on the tight ends a little bit more once they get into the red zone? I feel like that might be the only path where Diggs doesn't hit, but Josh Allen does. And I'm Aaron, and Aaron, I'm curious if, say, that is a path that you've also considered, because I think that's just the one way where both don't happen. Yeah, I mean, it is something I considered, but I think the fact that he was only two touchdowns behind Tyreek Hill, and I looked at the secondaries mm-hmm. that um, the Bills face versus the Dolphins, and the Dolphins face tougher defenses for the remaining schedule than the bills do. So I thought, you know, because of this discrepancy, obviously my antenna went up like, okay, Josh Allen is the favorite for passing touchdowns. Clearly all those touchdowns are not going to Stefan Diggs. I mean, I'm not a dummy, but you know, he does (laughs) have some games where he has three touchdowns and some where he has zero. So I'm kind of hoping on, you know, he will be able to get there and it was a value play because he's not the favorite. And what was it? Nine to one, something like that yesterday. So I thought that, you know, it's a good play considering he's only two back. 
If you're looking for a dark horse there, too, Cortland Sutton, five touchdown catches in the last six games. Is Denver maybe is starting to figure some things out? I don't know. It's down the board a bit. Mm-hmm. Parker Fleming joins us in 20 minutes to talk college football with conference championships upon us. But coming up next, I told you about Ed crunching the numbers. He's got some good ones for us. Let's be sharper. Next, right here on BetQL Daily.